So a um, couple weeks ago, Pastor Rob said I was going to teach something. I didn't teach it. I told you I would come back to it. So here's the question. Can I come back to it? Hold on, let me try this again. Can I come back to it? Yeah. All right, cool, 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 cool. Here, let me go ahead and jump in. Scripture reads this way. Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling in at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the house of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When Pastor Rob spoke about this text in the last series, one of the things he talked about was that Jesus made the crowd stop. One of the things I want to point out real quick that as a church, we have to be careful that we're not a part of the crowd that Jesus says you need to leave behind. See, there's a lot of people who think they're walking with Jesus. Mind you, there's a crowd. But Jesus said about some of the people who were with him, they need to stay behind so that we can go and see something done. The challenge to us as a church is we have to make sure that we're not the people that Jesus says, hey, lost person, if you want to get what you need, you need to leave them behind. This is going to make some people uncomfortable, but there's a lot of people doing church that Jesus is saying, you'd be better off leaving them behind. There's some churches that are saying, we lifting up the name of Jesus and the spirit of God is telling somebody, you need to leave them behind. We have to guard our hearts and make sure we're not one of those people that need to be left behind. God, I come to you right now. God, first, I just thank you for you. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your strength. Holy Spirit, even in this short amount of time, I ask that you would guard my heart. You say what needs to be said. You do what needs to be done. God, I am relying totally on you. You have your way. You lead. I'll follow. It's in Christ's name I pray. Everyone agrees. Say it. Amen. Um, so y'all know we're using this, this slogan, for the love of Philly, um, and it came from the Sixers. It was a basketball thing. Um, so I have, I have a confession to make. Um, I oh, First of all, because I didn't know that I found this out. Some of y'all don't know this. So that means I'm losing my accent. I'm not from here. I'm not from Philadelphia. 
Uh, I've only been in Philadelphia for about 10 years now, but I'm from somewhere else. I ain't going to even tell you where else because somebody's going to say something crazy like Roll Tide didn't make me come completely out of my spirit and make me lose it. So I'm not from here. So consequently, when it came to basketball, my favorite basketball team is the Miami Heat. I, I, I had an encounter as a child where I met Alonzo Mourning, forever changed my life. Huge Miami Heat fan. I was hoping to wear a championship shirt today, but oh well. Anyway, moving along. But as many of you know, I do get to travel quite a bit and I speak. So when I get the opportunity to go to sporting events, I love it. I take every opportunity. I had never actually, though, been to a Miami Heat game in Miami. I'm going to be in Florida. And like I have some guys that travel with me. So I'll go to any sporting event. I'll give it a shot. Hockey, soccer, baseball, love my football. But here's my first chance to go to the Heat game. Tickets are $850 to sit and touch the roof. <laughs> Not going to happen for me. But I had a friend who worked for American Airlines. And I said, look, um, you know, American Airlines owns the rights to the building is there anything you can do like to maybe get me in for the game? And what she says, she says, well, look, here's what I know. Uh, we're having an employee event for this game. So what I will allow you to do is come in like you're one of the employees. But I only have two tickets. Now, there's four of us here. Now, now here's the thing. We have a system. Like, if you went to the last event with me, you don't get to go. We will rotate. And here's, a, you know, Anthony, uh, Steve, Mike, they all have their little things they like. So if you don't like sports, it really don't matter. So at this point, I'm like, Steve, you definitely going. He was like, oh, yeah, basketball, we in there. Nobody cared to go. Anthony and Mike did not care to go. But the day of, she calls me back and she says, oh, just so you know, this game is in a suite. Anthony immediately was like, hold up. I haven't been to any games. I'm going to this one. Now, here's the thing about Anthony. If you've never sat in a suite, ooh, there's a different way that some other people live. The food is usually amazing. Now, Anthony is a six foot two, 128 pound white boy dripping wet, but he can eat like a horse. All he heard was, there's a box, I'm going. And immediately I'm like, like basketball why you going you, 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 <clears throat> but I gotta be fair so we go we get to the arena they're giving us a tour of the whole arena all he keeps saying are we going to the suite 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 I'm like man like literally like LeBron James was sitting there shooting I'm on the court watching him warm up and I'm just like <laughs> and all he is like man where we sitting in the suite up there and I'm getting so aggravated with him Finally, we get to the suite, and he is going in. You know how they have, may have televisions inside? They have the TV watching the game, like TNT, so they can hear the commentary. He's like, can we change the channel? Y'all can see the game out there. And I'm like, if I don't have to, oh, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. He's aggravating me because he could care less about this experience. Going into the third quarter, they announced that they're giving away some prize packs. Everybody look at their ticket. Somebody with a ticket is going to win. They gave away like five or six. My ticket number was like one number or two numbers off. And I was like, 
This dude had walked away and was walking around the arena because he could care less about the game. Do you know who won one of the prize packages? <laughs> he gets back. I said, yo, man, let me, let me see your ticket. We look at his ticket. He won. He's like, I wonder what they'll let me trade this in for. So now I'm hot. I'm mad, mad. How dare you win? You ain't a fan. You don't care about the game. Why are you winning? I will say this because I was like, so you going to give it to me? He was like, no, nah, I won. <clears throat> I'm going to cancel your flight back home. You ain't going to make it back. I will say to his credit, eventually he did give me the ticket where he won and I got my Dwayne Wade jersey. So that, that did happen eventually. Yes. But can I share something with you, though? In the moment while he was winning, all his winning did was tick me off. I'm like, well, hold up. You're not here. You're here because of me. I'm the reason you hit this game. I'm the fan. What about me? Why ain't I winning anything? Do you know how much I pay for those tickets? Nothing. (laughs) But to watch him win started to really bother me. To watch him get something that I felt like if anybody deserved it, it should have been me. Can I talk to you a little bit about church? Because let's be honest, sometimes I find myself in a place hearing somebody's testimony, seeing somebody do well, seeing somebody get blessed, and I get stuck and say, hold up, God, what about me? I've been here longer. I've been putting in the work. They just walked in. God, I've been praying for the same thing, and they come in off the street, and you bless them. God, what about me? I find myself in these spaces where I almost feel like being faithful isn't quite fruitful. I can look at their Bethel story and like, yeah, good for them. But all their Bethel story is showing me is I don't have a story like theirs. God, God, I've been doing the right things. What about me? I can almost get to a place of grace becoming my arrogance. I feel like, God, you owe me. God, they don't deserve it. God, what about what have I done? And now I feel entitled to the blessing because I have an issue with what they received. See, Scripture says it this way, for it's by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. Not a result of your own efforts but God's gift so that no one can boast about it. God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us. Notice that word there, good deeds. But sometimes we think that God has only prepared us for good blessings. The activity that's required is not as appealing because God, what about me? See, this is why we go back to this text. And this text is great. We know how the story ends. Jairus goes see Jesus. They walking back. This woman gets healed. Hallelujah. Daughter dies. And then Jesus raises her from the dead. Everybody's happy how the story ended. But have you ever thought about 
how Jairus felt in that moment. See, he walks, he goes and gets Jesus. He's the one working in the synagogue. He's the one walking with Jesus. He's the one bringing Jesus this way. And then this woman comes and gets healed while he is trying to get Jesus to help him. But not only does that happen, while he's trying to bring Jesus, this woman gets healed. His situation got worse. Like literally, if I'm Jairus, I'm like, why are you taking time with this woman? I'm the one who is seeking you. I'm the one who's walking with you. I'm the one who's doing what's required. I got worse. She got better. What about me? We can find ourselves becoming church people to where we're so concerned with, I'm here to get mine, but then we don't want people to come in and get a blessing that we feel that was our blocking. Jesus looks at this man after his daughter died, after Jesus was delayed and says, don't be afraid, just have faith. It took me enough faith just to come get you at the shore. It took me enough faith just to get you to keep walking with me. Now you telling me to still have faith? My faith ain't done much for me now because my daughter is dead. See, we would love to, we read the story, this woman got saved. But if I'm Jairus, I'm like, she didn't earn this. She should have went and got Jesus. I, she impeding on my time. She's in my way, getting what I need. The question that he has to ask, though, is why were you really seeking Jesus? Can we be honest? Many of us start with seeking Jesus for only what we can get out of Jesus. But maturity says, I'm seeking Jesus because I love him. The scripture says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not just to their own interests, but rather the interest of others. So here's a principle that I caught from this. Notice this. Jairus seeks Jesus. Jairus is walking Jesus. Somebody else gets blessed. Hear me. If you are truly walking with Jesus, if you are truly seeking Jesus, somebody else should be blessed because of your walk, not just you. If you are truly being who Jesus has called you to be, somebody else should encounter Jesus, not just your Christianity. Someone should say, because of their walk, I see Jesus. Because if I'm doing what God has asked me to do, then other people should see the blessing of my walking. But here's the hard part. You got to be okay with somebody getting the blessing that you're trying to get first. I know you're praying and you're serving God so you can get married. I get it. God sent me somebody. And then God sent that other person. She ain't even nice. And what will begin to happen is the bitterness will start to sit in because I'm entitled to the blessing. Can I help you out? God sent Jesus. He don't owe us nothing. But let me show you something. Scripture says in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Notice it said again, so they may see your good deeds, not just your blessing. 
See, we, we would love to show off our blessings. We would love, yeah, you've been praying for a car. Look at the blessings of God, but you can't love nobody. Keep your car. Because the idea is, is that the way I live my life should affect people around me, not just me. But let me talk about this woman. This woman, the scripture that we say she has a issue of blood. She's been dealing with a physical ailment for 12 years. Do you understand, though, this is not just about a health problem. Her issue caused her to have to cut off people around her. Based on scripture, the Levitical law, she could not be around anybody. Based on scripture, the Levitical law, she was not welcome in your church. Based on scripture, the Levitical law, she can't have community with any other believers. She's marked as unclean. Think about this. This woman who needs help could not find hope in a church. But you know where she could find her help and hope? Jesus. Scripture says that if she touched you, you were unclean like she is. Scripture said that if she's in your house, you got to throw out the furniture. But you know who didn't say anything about that? Jesus. But see, here's where we have to be careful. She had an issue just like Jairus had an issue. So, you know, we tend to do this in church, the big wrong things and the little bitty wrong things. See, my issues are not like her issues. My issues are different. You know what happens when we say stuff like that? What we're saying is because of my issues, I'm better than her. No, you not. My issue is just as problematic as her issue. But the solution and the healing is the same Jesus. Jesus says, who touched me? And I found this very interesting because understand when this woman makes contact with Jesus, Jesus is deemed to be unclean. See, Jesus could have been like somebody did. Oh, she did it. Mm. Good for her. And kept it moving. No, no, no. Jesus says, no, no, no. Who touched me? He exposed her healing because he says, guess what? I'm not just healing her body. I'm making her whole and say she's still valuable to me. See, the problem is there are some things as churches, they, they too far gone. If they are too far gone, then they out there for Jesus. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. I know a lot of people say a lot of stupid stuff about our church. Yeah, I'll go there. I'll go there. Oh, Bethel will just let anybody in. You doggone right. Do you know what you do when you try to keep somebody out? You can do that, but guess who else you keeping out? Jesus. If Jesus is saying, I'm not blocking them from coming to me, why in the world would we do that to somebody else? Do you understand that sometimes church can be a resource for hope, but for so many, church has done nothing but give them hell in their lives. We reconfigure Jesus, a Jesus who matches our ideas and our thoughts. Can I help you with that? If you got to conform Jesus to you, you have officially got rid of Jesus, and that is the devil. Sorry. 
Jesus is saying, I came for all. We use all, everyone. Then why do we feel it necessary to try to keep someone out? 12 years of shame. She needed Jesus. And Jesus was like, yeah, she touched me. And now I call her daughter. He didn't care about his reputation. He cared about her health and her wholeness. I don't care about our reputation. Long as Jesus is pleased, long as we're doing what he's doing, so be it. Talk your talk. Go for it. But we're not here to serve y'all. We're here to serve the king. And that means that there's going to be some people coming here because they have issues. There's going to be some people sitting here that have issues. Can I help you out? Do you know who else have issues? I got issues. And the same Jesus that I need to help me with my issues it's the same Jesus that want to help them with their issues. But let me go a little bit step further. I got I to gotta wrap up. Here we go. Here we go. Last Wednesday night, we had a service in here. And we had our plan. And the Spirit of God had me go to a different direction as we were doing it. And we ended up having a prayer line. It became a prayer flood because... I didn't expect it. I wasn't prepared for that many people to say we need prayer. But as I began to pray with people, we had some other leaders come up and they were praying with people. And there was a lot of tears and people in the audience were praying with people. It was, it was, it was a very powerful thing. But I've had some conversations with people. And one of the things that some of our people in this church are struggling with is the shame of your last 12 years. You've been battling something for years and you're in a crowd thinking you can hide, trying to pretend like it's okay. There are people who are sitting here week after week that you're having an issue and your soul is hurting. Your inner man is bleeding. You feel forgotten. You feel less than. Your confidence is gone. You think about what your mother said. There are some people I just talked to over the last service. They struggle with Father's Day because their father has done so much damage and they've been carrying it for all of their life. This woman was in a crowd and she understood how the crowd may feel about her, but it did not stop her from still pushing towards Jesus. But there was a line that says she thought to herself, it started with the way she thought. Some of us have to get in God's word and find out how God thinks about us. Some of us have to replace the mess that has been put on us for years and years that we become overflowing with what God has to say about you. Can I help you out? I don't care what people have said. I don't care what issues you may have. I don't care what mistakes you have made. A touch from Jesus eradicates all of that, but it starts with how you're thinking. See, it's not enough to come to church and stay sick. He wants us whole. And the idea that many of us are still carrying shame 
Like that's our cross to bear. No, no, we leave that at the cross. That is not for you to carry around. See, here's why it matters. When you get healthy and you get whole, Jesus looks at you and says, son, daughter, in front of everybody. Everybody can look around and say, ain't that the woman that was bleeding everywhere? But she touched Jesus. Jesus didn't condemn her. He loved her. Called her sister. Calls her daughter. I'm telling you right now, you are the sons and daughters of the Most High. And if you will ever get to the point where you say, if I just touch him, then I too can be whole. Notice, he didn't say you broke the rules. Forget the rules. It's about Jesus. And we are going to create a place where a lot of people, they don't have to push through us. We're going to help them walk towards Jesus. Hey, hey, you need to go towards Jesus and get a touch? Come with me. (laughs) We both need that. And when we do that and walk in that obedience, then we will begin to see not just a church grow, but the fruit from the church begin to grow. Yeah, that woman got his shoes. But notice this. Hey, J. Iris, I know you feel forgotten. But if you keep walking with Jesus, he still got you too. Where you asking, what about me? Keep walking. Throw it in there. Keep walking. He ain't done yet. Keep walking. You may have to leave some people behind. Keep walking. And then in obedience, he can do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all we could ever ask or think. Lord, we love you. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we thank you. God, keep us sensitive to your will and your way. God, touch the hearts of the people who feel like they are too far gone. Those who feel broken, those who feel lost. God, help us be a resource to those who don't seem to be able to find their way. God, help us move out of the way when we need to move out of the way. And let your glory be seen. Let your presence be known. And let them experience you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.